This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Our Breakfast with Ben's Letters from Camp podcast from St. Vincent College brought to you by Bella Construction, a five-star North Huntington-based locally owned and operated roofing, siding, and window contractor, proudly serving the community and its homes for over 20 years. Bella will beat any competitor's quote plus $250 off of it. Please visit mybellaroof.com or you can call them at 724-515-5163. That's 724-515-5163 for Bella Construction. It's our first training camp roundtable here at Breakfast with Benz for 2023. Tim Benz, Chris Adamski, and Joe Rudder with you from the hunting cabin yet again, and very little has changed. In fact, the same four deer heads are here as they were last year. Mitch, Mason, Kenny, and, well, we got to rename this one, right? Tanner? Tanner, I guess. Or did we just decide we just decided that the fourth deer head was going to be named Duck in perpetuity? He's looking down at the ground, and, and that's shame because Oladoka Chris last year didn't get a snap all training camp. So uh, he, the fourth the fourth one is just he, you can't even look him in the eye. But did he wind up with the Chiefs? He did. That's, he, did, did he, he get a ring? I don't, Might have got a playoff share or something being on the practice He's squad. doing better than a deer, I can tell you that much. But, yeah, we're here in the hunting cabin again. These are, have become our very cozy living quarters for three weeks. I think this could become a tradition now moving forward. I think people would actually be disappointed if we got hotel rooms and moved out of the hunting cabin here in Ligonier. Yeah, I think we've set a precedent. We have to keep coming back. And I think we have to give updates from, you know, the goats next door to maybe doing some fishing in the – Loyal Hannah, you know, just broaden us beyond Steelers football. Well, if this hunting cabin or you ever need some construction on your home, go to Bella Construction, a locally owned and operated roofing, siding, and window company. They'll beat any local competitor's quote, plus $250. Visit mybellaroof.com to schedule your quote today. And yet it's yet another Steelers training camp at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. We are no longer at the dorms for the last two years since we started coming back last year. The media has been scattered about Westmoreland County, and uh, we're here at our cabin not far away, about six miles away from St. Vincent College. You know, I was looking with uh, our colleague Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com. I think we're down, Buzz, to seven teams now in the NFL that actually go away to training camp anymore. Yeah, it's wild. What would the, and the Browns are doing their thing where they're going away, but not to a college, but they went Green Bar. Yes, the Green. Yeah. Yes, so the, the, maybe, but maybe, that's because there are current places under construction in Bray. Yeah. yeah, I didn't pay enough attention to it. Maybe I thought maybe it was a new trend with the Greenbrier thing, but that's still different. It's not a college. It's the not Saints did that too after Katrina or something like that, right? They've had well. There's been teams that come from the West Coast, stay there for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I'll stay there between their games. So that that must be a popular thing. I don't know. It's not the same either way. It's not the same as going away to a college 
and somewhat like the Saints used to go out to Wisconsin. This is not Greenbrier. Is Where not, we are right no, now is no, not Greenbrier. Not. The accommodations are, are fine. They're <laughs> lovely. But no, we're not in a five-star. Oh, we love it. For the four of us, yeah, for yeah, for us fun. three and Chaz Paller, our esteemed photographer, I mean, we love it. It's great. It's a good little setup here. But uh, we are not in the posh conditions that the folks who are covering the Browns are right now. Yeah, maybe if Mr. Rooney starts springing for, like, Nemecolon for camp some year or something, <laughs> they could put us up in the uh, Chateau or whatever. And uh, uh, But some reason, somehow I think the media got left out of that if that does happen. So there wasn't too terribly much, Joe, that we got from the first day today. It's not like Stefan Diggs going off in Buffalo, uh, talking about not being involved in the game planning and, you know, wanting to be more happy with his role. We didn't have anything... No low-hanging fruit like that. A couple things I thought came out from what Mike Tomlin said and maybe what some of the players said, and maybe specifically what Tomlin tried to pass off, which was that uh, he hasn't even considered who's going to be getting first teams at left tackle between Dan Moore and Broderick Jones. I'm sorry, I just I don't believe that for one second. No, he knows, and it, you know it's probably going to be Dan Moore. It's just a matter of how long it's going to be Dan Moore. I think they don't want to rush Broderick Jones into this, but yeah, he knows. And you know, maybe he was uh, not expecting that question. Maybe he's usually a little better prepared for those type of questions. But yeah, he, yeah, that I didn't understand why he answered it that way. But yeah, it's it's going to be Dan Moore tomorrow. You know, probably be Dan. Well, it depends how many who all plays in that first preseason game in Tampa Bay. If he wants to see all the young guys, then maybe Broderick Jones starts. But, yeah, it's going to be Dan Moore, and it's just a matter of how long they stay with Dan Moore, and I think we won't know that until you know the pads come out. Chris, should it be? Because you're looking at a player who was kind of thrust into a starting role as it was and, in my opinion, has been mediocre. I, I don't think he's as bad as some of the numbers and his critics say that he is, Dan Moore I'm talking about, but at the same time I also – don't think he's made these massive strides and is as good as some of the Steelers coaches would have you believe. It just it strikes me that if they are leaning towards more to start this season with a commodity like Kenny Pickett at quarterback, uh, it, it makes me second guess why they traded up to get Broderick Jones then. Yeah, I think there's two things. Uh, I agree with you, too. I don't think Moore's as bad as the fan. I don't think this is a situation like Kendra Green two years ago or maybe Dawson. No, it's not that. Year. Yeah, it's something like that where they had to upgrade and there, there was no chance he, this guy was going to start. But there's no chance he's going to stay above the first-round pick. Moore, there's two layers of this. Moore would have to be really, really good and Broderick Jones be a disappointment or show he's not ready or maybe not be ready, prepared in some sense for Moore to hold the job too, too long. But I, we've seen this. Uh, you know, it's the first day at camp. I, you know, I, I don't think this is like a quarterback situation where you get no reps. It's not. And I guess you could say that the the, the extra cohesion with, your, with say, Amalu as your left, the guy next to you, your left guard or whatever, there's probably something to be said for that. And if we get past the first to the second preseason game, maybe we're still there. Then maybe it's more discussion. But I think we've seen this show before. You know, the first week, the first day, the first padded day. I don't. I don't think it's that. It's worth looking into to say that Dan Moore is holding the job because he's going to hold the job tomorrow, or you know, day one, day two, day three. Yeah. The other thing that comes into play here is when they start the season, they got three of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and Kenny Pickett's had two concussions and. They've got to be right with whoever they pick by the time the three preseason games are over. Yeah, and you know if they like Dan Moore to the extent that they do, and are sad, say they are satisfied with what he's giving them. They know Jones potentially will be better. I think they play it safe. 
go with Moore to start the season, get through that stretch, and kind of like they wanted to do with Kenny Pickett last year, find the right time to put him in the starting lineup. Now, you know, that was accelerated last year because of Mitch Trubisky's bad start. But, um, you know, maybe that happens with Dan Moore this year, but I think they want to give him every chance to at least open this season at left tackle. Speaking of that, what are we going to do for fun this year? I mean, last year was so easy. I mean, it just... Count every rep, count every incomplete. First time in 2018 years? Well, yeah, I wouldn't, no, no, not 18, because we went through the same thing in 2010. That's true. When when Ben was going to be suspended, like that, that was reliving 2010 all over again. When Dennis Dixon played against this team and when Charlie Batch played against this team or, you know, Byron left, which, why are they giving Ben so much time if he's not going to play for four weeks? We had that, we recreated that last year, but we can't do that for, Left tackle comparison, can we? And you think about that. Think about all that time we spent last year, weeks and weeks and weeks, for three games, three and a half games, yeah. right? That's all it, was, all it was worth, and we thought about that. For Kitty Pickett not getting a rep <laughs> with the first team. Yeah. And it's a th- here's the thing, though. Offensive line and quarterback are pretty much the only positions where this first team really, really matters, the starter or not, because you either play every down or you don't play at all. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. is not as as attractive. A, we, that's a competition, and it may be you have a big name there. You you know it, whether he starts or beats out, whether it be Levi Wallace or however that shakes out. Or, you know whether there's a slot guy, but you got a feeling that he'll play at least a quarter of the snaps instead of three quarters of the snaps or something like that. So it's it's not as as linear when you have start or not play at all as you do with a, a tackle position or a quarterback position. But you're right, it's still not the same as the, a quarterback competition. You, you can't compete with It doesn't matter what spot in the field it is. Well, is. the other thing for, I don't know, Joe, because you've done a lot of baseball yourself too. Um, as far as the calendar goes, I feel like we have covered every topic with the Steeler team already, more oh. than we ever have. I feel like so much of – the cow has been milked here on this because, and maybe I'm just getting bucolic references because of where we are, but honestly, because the Penguins went out so early and because the Pirates frittered out after that really hot start in April, uh, we just beat the drum soundly, I think, on every topic as it related to things beyond the quarterback. Because the quarterback fed us so much for training camp coverage last year, Something's going to have to happen in camp to come up with something new or else we are just going to go into that game against San Francisco covering the Steelers and and really, I think, resurfacing and and spit-shining what we've talked about already with where they are. Yeah, I mean, it's natural, especially this year. You know, even in organized team activities, minicamp, I mean, there were so many things that were covered then that – and nothing has changed since – that there's really not much new. It hasn't been discussed, hasn't been written about, hasn't been debated. So it's going to be rehashing that, just putting on the spin of who's getting the reps and you know who's looking good in in these workouts in front of fans. I mean, but really, you know, we, from the media perspective, we've beaten this horse dead for the you know the last three months or so. You know, when before they took their break. So this is nothing new to us. For the fans that come out and show up and watch the preseason games, this is going to be really exciting. But we've kind of seen this play out already. Last thing, uh, Mike Tomlin was asked about his contract extension today. You asked him, Chris, about the the deal that didn't happen. A lot of us were presuming that it was going to happen. He pulled the same sort of answer that he did with the left tackle situation. Was I haven't really thought about it. Now again. I don't believe that for a second, but 
Was there something more than what's being made of this about his answer to that question about how there's more years behind me than there are in front of me and I, I really don't care about contract situations? I mean, that was a little dismissive to me. Yeah, I mean, if, if you do the math, I mean, it is sort of – it was probably the first public acknowledgement we've ever gotten that he uh, that he sees himself as, uh, you know, I don't want to – this is over the top language, but mortal in terms of co- he's not going to coach forever. And he's yeah. not, I mean, he's 51, which, you know, if, if it's crazy to think it's a 17th season. If somebody could be hired at 51, and you would think of him as being a, probably a young coach or a, not an old coach by any means. He could coach 20 more years and still not be as old as Belichick is now. Uh, and, you know, or, or Pete Carroll is now. Yeah. yeah. So you do the math and you'd say he's 68. He'd retire at no later than 68, right? If he does 17 more years, or I guess he's going to do 16 more years if he's past he's less than he you know if you take him as literal word mm. he wouldn't coach so past his mid-60s I, I thought that was more interesting than him on it now whether or not that's how much you know literal you take to that or not but it, it, i think it is notable that and you know what do we still could be a decade right into his 60s well yeah but, but if you're doing the to your point if you're doing the math then he's not going to get there He's not going to be coaching for another yeah, twenty so, years. So and it, yeah, and that's in Pittsburgh. Only in Pittsburgh <laughs> would <laughs> you forecast sixteen years out for a football. <laughs> exactly. Coach. Yeah, I mean, we're, we kind of did. Oh, we only have a decade left of this. You know, yeah. it's like. But uh, we kind of did for Cower too. Now he had the extenuating circumstances of his wife's situation, but you know, I, I could see burnout coming into play eventually. You know, I could see the kids get through school. And he's got a different set of agendas. You know, like he's he got his ring so early. Um, now, it's been a long time since he got that. Maybe that changes his sight line on uh, what is satisfactory to him in terms of a career. But I, I didn't read that like I'm going to be on the verge of retirement, Joe. But it kind of came off to me as maybe we need to change our sight line as to how we evaluate where the nexus is in terms of comfort between Tomlin and the organization. Like, Maybe we do soon get to a place where it's just year to year with them. It could be, and you know, maybe he's, you know, he saw what Kevin Colbert did down, you know, at the yeah, end of his exactly, career. yeah, exactly, yeah. and he saw, you know, Kevin Colbert wanted to spend time with grandkids and spend more time with his family, and as much as Mike Tomlin loves football, maybe he sees a part of himself like Kevin Colbert that you know, at some point, I'm going to have to slow down or give this up or you know, do something else and. You know, he's going to have the money. I mean, he already does, but he'll have so much more of it by then, um, you know, depending on what else he's accomplished. I could see in another decade as he's in his early 60s, If I mean, if, you know, maybe it's here, maybe it's somewhere else, him saying, okay, I've done enough. Uh, I'm going to, you know, try something else and, and, and ease off some. He doesn't seem like he's in that mode right now, but the fact that he's acknowledging the possibility, it just makes you wonder what he has in store. I do. I tell. I mean, it's in all sincerity. People, do, you know, people ask me, Mike Tomlin. What do you know? I'm like, what? You know, I, I, I honestly think in all walks of life, acquaintances, people I know, or whatever. I don't know many people who like their job as much as Mike Tomlin. Like, I don't know what you guys think or not. Yeah, I think he, he generally, does. he is like the way he smiles. He is so happy to be here, man. Like, I, you know, find someone who loves you as much as he loves St. Vincent College. I, you know, yeah. he is happy. Like, he is in his element. What he wants to be doing. So that to, even that little morsel of you know. He's trying to blow off a question, so we're reading too much into it, I'm sure. But even that little thing to say that he sees the end of this, that's uh, it's at least you know notable because that's the first time we've yeah. in 17 years we've got that from him. Well, maybe he's at the point because one thing I do think is pretty clear, and we've gotten to know this more about him because he's let it 
be known in talking, especially the transition out of Kevin Colbert as the GM to Omar Khan as the, G- the GM, um, how much he is involved in the college visits and the team building and the scouting from year one to year two about who they're going to draft is uh, maybe he stays in football but goes to a front office position, you know, sooner than what we would have otherwise thought. Yeah, and, you know, the other factor, I guess, in this is, you know, how much longer is Art Rooney going to be here? You know, I mean, him and Art seem to work well together. You know, there's going to be a transition there eventually, and, you know, maybe Mike Tomlin, you know, looking down the road, maybe he's you know, doesn't know where he fits in this situation if he's still the coach here. You know, and maybe he's opening the you know the leaving open the door to do this somewhere else. You know, if they if they drag this out so long and and don't give him a contract extension next year, you know, then he becomes a free agent and maybe can dictate where he wants to go. You know, it's it, I think you know it's I don't think it's early to read too much into it. But if he doesn't have an extension at this point next year, you know, especially if they have a good season, then you got to wonder what's really going on here. We're allowed to read into whatever we want when they deviate from change because they so frequently let it be known that they do things for a reason, right? I mean, they they pride themselves on how they operate. And when you deviate from how you operate, then that's a signal that something is different about what's going on. And you guys made the Colbert connection, and I think that's a good one because that was a change in how they were operating with him. Now, it didn't immediately result in tangible change because he kept doing it for a while being year to year but that that's i think an apt comparison that if colbert starts to go down that path or excuse me if tomlin starts to go down that colbert path this becomes a yearly question of when does it end as it did with colbert before it eventually did and uh, i think getting out of the roethlisberger era trying to solidify the quarterback position i mean that had real tangible effects in the Steelers long term I I don't think you can disassociate Colbert leaving and him wanting to leave on the terms that he left by making sure that Pickett was ensconced and the team wasn't desolate at the QB position and Joe Joe, you were in the room and now looking back at it six months later and it was in print and so you can I don't know if you have any insights into this but when when Art Rooney was asked about the extension for Tomlin. Yeah. It was a really short answer, and it was sort of dismissive. And at the time, you know, whatever, we just said by July, we'll, you know, July 26th, yeah. we'll be announced the next day. You know, nobody thought anything of it. Look, looking back at it now, it's a little bit different lens seeing. Yeah, what well, what said. they did, what they did for that, remember, like he answered, you might have even asked the question, Joe, about Tomlin's extension. I don't, I don't recall, but however it was responded by Art, it did come off in print. If you just read it in print, it came off as kind of curt and dismissive. And then he does yeah. an interview with Missy Matthews of Steelers.com, what was it, 48 hours later. And I think he read his own quote, and he came out with that modified quote of, it doesn't matter to me what the contract is, I'm just happy he's our coach. You know, so, and now... Yeah, and he, you know, but before when he was asked, Art Rooney, you know, and other, you know, these year-end things, and he was asked about Tomlin's contract, he would kind of give a glowing assessment, oh, we like Mike, and, you know, there's... You know, if you don't have him as your coach, you know, you got to go find somebody else. And, you know, not, you know, not having what you know can be a, you know, a bad thing for you. And I mean, he was kind of expansive on it. And this time he just shot it down and said, I don't like talking about it publicly. 
which was kind of contradictory. Even if he didn't say anything before, at least he actually addressed it, where he didn't want to get down that, that rabbit hole at all this year. Yeah, I just uh, it's the first time I thought to myself that the whole contract thing with Tomlin might be actually about Tomlin and not about what Art wants. Because frankly, every time this Tomlin conversation comes up, I always default to the position of, if I had as much money as Art Rooney, I'd kind of just do what my coach wanted to do for a contract, and I'd buy him out if I thought he was doing a crappy job because it doesn't count against the cap. You know, I, I know that Art Rooney II isn't one to just give away money, but in the situation of Tomlin, who's a vested, experienced, well-liked guy in the building, a, a, a revered employee, then just give him the money, and if you got to change your mind, then so be this it. Like a college, this college contracts now are seven, eight, nine years for the good coaches. This is still only a two- or three-year extension every time. But in both cases, are they worth the paper they're printed on? You can get out of it at any point, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah. So, like, so, but it's not like you're committed down the road. Seven year, you get the big buyout number or whatever it is. You're, yeah, so yeah, in both ways, it's almost like it's what's the point of having the contract be on year to year aside from what you're going to be owed or what you're going to have to not get if you decide to retire early. Yeah, and it's, you know, those are all good points. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it makes for good talk. And that, you know, that's why we're here. That's why we're going to be here for three weeks here at the hunting cabin and here on Trib Live. And again, thanks to Bella Construction for sponsoring our podcast and sponsoring our videos that we'll have after every single practice uh, throughout the run here at St. Vincent College. Visit mybellaroof.com to schedule your quote today. And we'll be back with another podcast tomorrow here on Breakfast Benz, which you can get, by the way, now on our fans' first platform. And you can uh, subscribe via. Apple, Google, iTunes, and Spotify, however you decide to get your podcasts, uh, download them and subscribe.